This is the Church Planting Podcast, brought to you by the Broadcast Network. Broadcast exists to support, train and encourage church planters. For more information about who we are or about the training that we offer, please visit our website at www.thebroadcastnetwork.org. Hello, welcome to episode two of the Broadcast Church Planting Podcast. Today we'll be going into our archive back to 2013 to bring you a hangout with Mike Betts, who leads the Relational Mission family of churches. In this hangout, Mike talks about the importance of the Holy Spirit in church planting. He'll be talking about the baptism of the Holy Spirit, about our own relationship with the Spirit, about the need to base our strategy on what God says to us prophetically, and about the Holy Spirit in our evangelism. Now, during this hangout, about 10 minutes in, there are a few sound difficulties. But what Mike has to bring to us is so good that we wanted to bring you this hangout anyway. You can find the full hangout, including the Q&A section that follows it and all the notes at www.thebroadcastnetwork.org slash episode two. So here's Mike. Yeah, thank you. Well, it's good to to be with you and um, so I'm going to try and keep uh, exactly to, to time to make best use of the time but the uh, this is a great um, experiment and um, we've been using a few of these hangouts with sort of individuals but we've never done it with a group before so this is quite a helpful learning experience for me really so um, forgive me if I don't follow any protocols that you've already established but it's the first time I've done it so we'll kind of learn as we go along. Um, The subject I was asked to look at is uh, I think Colin phrased it what's the Holy Spirit got to do with it when it it regards to church planting so I just thought about um, four things, perhaps. Just and I'll perhaps just go for six or seven minutes on each one. Um, just throw out some thoughts, some of which will perhaps be helpfully provoking some questions, and then um, we can perhaps dig around those a little bit more. Obviously, in that amount of time, I can't go into any depth. I'm just giving you my take on things that I think, perhaps, as regards the Holy Spirit, need to be. Um, thought through and stimulated and uh, foundational when it comes to church planting. I think the first thing to say before I get into each of the points is that um, I personally feel that I'm on and continually to be on a very big learning curve. And I would say that probably most of life and ministry, I feel like I'm walking around with big L plates on. Um, I'm actually quite comfortable with that because I think that lifelong learning uh, in serving God is really important. So a lot of what I say tonight, perhaps it's just kind of where I'm at at the moment, but I would imagine if we did this in a year's time, there may be some more things that hopefully I would have learned. So I think working with the Holy Spirit particularly is uh, an issue of learning as much as anything because he shows you new things. He, he teaches you new things. He's always communicating in new ways and helping you understand how to cooperate with him. So I feel I'm learning how to cooperate with the Holy Spirit. Uh, I wouldn't claim to be an expert, but there are 
as I say, perhaps four things, four hooks for us to hang our coats on for this evening that might um, help us. Uh, the first one, they're not in order of priority. They're just literally as I thought of them. The first one, I think, is to do with the baptism of the Holy Spirit. And I think with any church planting issue, it's to do with foundations, because if you don't get foundations in first, it's very difficult to get them in later. It can be done, but it just requires digging up stuff and then putting stuff in again, which can be um, complicated. And I think the baptism of the Holy Spirit is something I feel must be put in right at the beginning. So people's issues to do with the fatherhood of God, uh, the intimacy that comes from the experience of this uh, receiving of the Spirit, it's really important. Paul seemed to emphasize that by him we cry, Abba, Father, something the Holy Spirit does in us. I think to be very uh, free in Holy Spirit gifting within the atmosphere of church planting, within the meetings, within the way we do church is really important. We create an environment and a culture that is very, um, that handles the gifts of the Spirit well, not only for the blessing and the edification of the church, but also for the impact of those coming in who are not believers. I personally believe both things can be done and the gifts of the Spirit can uh, rather than put people off if they're handled well and explained and used in the way that the, the Lord intend, intends them to be, they're actually our greatest asset because people can't be saved without the Holy Spirit. So I think um, the gifts of the Spirit can be great, greatly helpful. Um, I'm aware that probably within different um, communities, even watching tonight, we might use different terminology or have slightly different theology to do with the baptism of the Spirit. Some might be a slightly more of a wimber sort of or a vineyard thing of, you know, give it all at conversion and outwork it. Others might be more slightly classical Pentecostal second experience. That's my personal theology. I do believe in the second experience, but I think the, uh, the bandwidth uh, for the sake of what we're doing tonight is 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 the secondary issue. I think um, one of the things I observe in churches more than uh, any when it comes to the to the baptism of the spirit, which I'll call it, and the using of spiritual gifts is often it comes down to pastoral application rather than to theology. I think your theology. Um, shapes your pastoral application but many people I find who have hang-ups with flowing freely and the gifts of the spirit uh, when you drill down into it it's often because they've not been pastored well and explained have it had explained well and had their expectations set well in a way that they can easily then access all that God wants to give them so that would just be perhaps the first point to make so I think um when you're planting a church, getting issues of baptism of the Spirit right in the foundations are really important. So um, it's part of the identity. I think uh, atmosphere and momentum are key to anything you do in church life. And I think if you build those things in to do with Holy Spirit activity and expectation at the beginning, that can only serve you well. Uh, I've been observing this year, particularly we've been doing in, in our um, family of churches in relational mission, we've been doing a Presence of God tour, what we've 
called that. It sounds rather ostentatious, but the the point of it was to not to say we're bringing the presence of God, but really to help people cooperate with and flow in uh, God's presence in church life. And one of the key things that's come up, well, I'd say two key things that have come up this year when we've done that. One has been to see, and we've seen a, a, a huge, um, and I use that word, I think that's a correct word to use for our context, a huge increase in physical healing. So I've seen more people healed this year than I've seen in all of my Christian life, um, which I can come on to later. And also the other issue was to do with reigniting the gift of tongues in church life. Um, thinking about Paul's encouragement, I would want every one of you to speak in tongues and I speak, I praise God, I speak in tongues more than all of you. That's an apostolic encouragement to Corinth, which was a church where, you know, probably if I'd have been overseeing it, I'd have clamped down on the use of Holy Spirit activities. It seemed to have caused more problems to the point where he said your meetings do more harm than good. That doesn't sound like a good meeting to me, but rather than clamp it down, he seemed to clear the decks of all the wrong stuff and then rebuild it not with an absence, absence, an absence, an absence of Holy Spirit gifts, but rather with uh, an appropriate outworking of them and context for them. And we found this year, as we've gone around and freshly encouraged Christians who perhaps have been baptized in the Spirit for many years, but who've let perhaps gifts like speaking in tongues become slightly old hat. If I can use that, um, seeing that reignition of prizing that gift and coveting that gift and using that gift a lot has been quite significant. We've seen some quite wonderful breakouts of God's manifest presence in different ways when we've done that in different settings. So I'll just throw that one out there. So baptism the Holy Spirit, I think that's a big one. regards to church planting is your own personal um, relationship with the Holy Spirit. Um, as John Wimber said, constantly growing, constantly learning, constantly having enjoy his presence, learning how to recognize when he's doing things, uh, learning to yeah just walk in the spirit. And um, I often think about David in one of the Psalms where he said, you know, uh, oh, that I may uh, dwell all of my days in your presence to gaze upon your beauty to inquire of the Lord and to wait for him. And he wrote that psalm in the context of battle, so it wasn't that he was having a sabbatical. He was saying, that's my lifestyle. I want my lifestyle to be kind of interaction with God. Uh, and as I say, I, you know, I feel I'm constantly learning. 
I want to try and do that by observing what's happening, learning from other people, reading things, um, trying to have um, times when I meet with other people who can perhaps help me. Well, ladies and gentlemen, we seem to have a slight issue with our flight at the moment. <laughs> um, I will, if we, I will invite Mike back in. See, um, don't, he's in Norfolk, so you know what? You, what do you expect? We'll probably only just put the internet down. Let me, um, let me just invite him back in. And um, oh, here we go, Mike. We were just making jokes about the lack of internet connectivity in, in Norfolk uh, at your expense, obviously. Um, so you uh, you froze and broke up a little bit there. Um, yeah. So if you want to uh, go again from maybe from the beginning of your second point in terms of uh, personal stuff, personal growth in the spirit, um, I think that'd be great if that's okay. Yeah, sure. It was actually there was an experiment done actually um, a couple of years ago where they sent a pigeon from the end of Suffolk to the north of Norfolk, and it had a a little chip, little SD card attached to its leg with a, with a video film on it. And they let the pigeon go and then began to download the film to see whether the download of the pigeon would arrive first. And the pigeon did. is stuck in a pose. Oh, there he is. Right, okay, he's moved again there. Can you hear me? Just wave at me if you can hear. Yes, me. I can. You are you are breaking up a little bit there. Um, so it's. Uh, are you are you on wireless or are you wired in? I am on wireless, I'm afraid, but um, that's normally quite strong here, and I haven't got anything to plug it in with. Um, no, fair enough. It's fair in enough. another room. Well, we will pass um, all the other applications are off. Okay, very good. Yes. Well, if we'll I disappear and if, if it really breaks up, maybe we'll um, we'll try some Q and A and see how that works as well. But uh, we'll we'll keep persevering. Okay. So um, yeah, I'll hand it back to you. Okay. Okay. Um, so second point was about um, your personal journey and experience with the Holy Spirit. Uh, the point being that, as John Wimber used to say, you can't serve what you're not cooking. And um, there's certainly something to be said for an ongoing journey. Uh, I was thinking the other day about David in one of the Psalms where he was saying, um, uh, I long to dwell in your presence, uh, to gaze upon your beauty, to inquire in your temple and to wait on the Lord. And he wrote that psalm in the context of battle, where he got a lot of ground to take. And there was, you know, exercising of his kingly duties. So it wasn't like he was having sabbatical. He was recognizing that he wanted intimacy with God in order to fuel his strategy, to give him what he needed in order to be all God had called him to be. And so... I feel that in church planting terms, we've got to be really ahead of the game with that, with, with our people, so that we're able to share some of our journey. 
um, constantly be learning, reading new things, observing new things, reflecting on when God has perhaps used us in a certain way or when we've seen the Holy Spirit do things that perhaps we've not seen before, just to learn from it. So I think a personal journal, I, I try to keep a journal where I, I, I observe what's happening and um, try to learn from that. As I said at the beginning, um, I feel myself to be constantly with an L plate on. So I'm always looking to see if I, if God broke through in a certain way, what can I learn from that? How can I um, grow in that? So that would be an encouragement perhaps to each group there to, to be thinking about the personal journey, not just the theory. So um, the third one would be um, when it comes to church planting, to make sure that your strategy is birthed in the prophetic uh, rather than it coming out of some conference book or latest trend that's doing the Christian rounds when it comes to how you plant churches. And for me, the importance of planting on apostolic and prophetic foundations, I think, is not only biblical, but it it, it really is important to get the the heart of God into what kind of church he wants you to build, what community you're trying to reach, how he wants you to outwork that. And I do think God goes into great detail, uh, or he wants to go into great detail uh, with us in terms of the dynamics we employ. So I think that provokes the question about the need to raise up um, many more prophets uh, who can speak at that kind of foundational level with great accuracy and authority. But it also, I think, encourages us to provoke the raising up of, of prophetic communities so that there are, is an abundance of people who can readily hear what God is saying. I think there is a slight emphasis at the moment um, that I suppose slightly concerns me that um, – because there are a lot of successful models of church planting out there now and with the growth of internet and all the stuff that you know helps us learn very quickly globally what's going on, I think the pressure or the enticement that can come from seeing how someone else is doing something and to take that on board as a, a guaranteed fit um, can be counterproductive long-term. And in the end, it doesn't really give you faith for what you're doing because you don't feel... God has said it. You can feel that it was just someone else who gave you an idea. So I would just want to provoke that question a little bit. Have you got a prophetic blueprint for your church plant? Um, because I think there inevitably will be one from heaven, and it needs to be sought, pursued. And I think it should shape everything. So when we get prophetic strategy, um, that affects the budget it affects the prayer meeting, it affects the teaching, it affects the worship, it would affect where we give our time, it would affect what we do and what we don't do. So I think it's more than a nice word that you then file under P for prophecy. It becomes a roadmap for the plant to really take its shape around, a bit like the crystal that you sort of drop in at the old chemistry lesson. You drop the crystal in and everything takes shape around the crystal. I think of strategic prophetic input is vital, and we need to raise up more prophets because there's not many of them about. And not everybody knows how to work with them. That's the other problem. Um, so that's perhaps one to come back to in question. And then the last one, um, in terms of just some 
um, broad brushstrokes to do with the Holy Spirit church planting would be to do with evangelism. Um, I very much believe that it is a case of preach the gospel and heal the sick, that the need to demonstrate um, the authenticity of the message is actually integral to the delivery of the message. And I think for a long while in, in sort of recent generations, there has been a, a good emphasis on the communicated, uh, the verbal communication of the gospel in terms of articulating, uh, you know, great preachers, Billy Graham's of this world and all the rest of it, people who can articulate the gospel at very wonderful levels and see mass response to the gospel. Wonderful. No, no criticism of it. But when we find ourselves now in the culture we are in, where, um, it's almost like I feel we, even in the UK, are. It's like we're missionaries dropped in a foreign land where people have never heard much of what we're talking about before, if any of it, or it's got all synchronized with all sorts of other beliefs. I think the need to demonstrate the gospel that we're speaking with signs following is not only biblical, but it's necessary. So I would want to personally make sure that every church, whether it's a plant or an established church, um, encourages all of those involved to have a, a, an everyday supernatural lifestyle where we're open to God, not just that we give our testimony, but that we pray for the sick. We are open to be used in supernatural encounters. So it's words and wonders and, of course, works being the other one where you know we bless the communities and do good to people, particularly remembering the poor. Um, but I think in terms of the context of our discussion tonight, I think a rediscovery and a fresh emphasis on healing the sick uh, in conjunction with proclamation of the gospel is absolutely vital. So those would be my four perhaps things to kick around, things that I think you want the, the kind of the foundations, the rocks in the bucket, the things you want to get in first when it comes to Holy Spirit and church planting. So it was baptism of the Spirit, getting everyone used to an environment where we expect and use well spiritual gifts. Personal journey of learning to cooperate with the Holy Spirit, letting him, learning how to listen to him, learning how to cooperate with him, learning how to move in greater authority in him and uh, that kind of stuff. So able to then serve up what you're cooking personally. Uh, a strategy that's based on the prophetic ministry uh, and seeking God's blueprint for your church plant rather than just uh, a latest idea or what everyone else is doing. Uh, and evangelism that is both preaching the gospel and healing the sick. So signs following preaching of the word, particularly in our context of a sort of uh, post whatever it is generation. So we hope that you found what Mike brought helpful. Just to remind you that the full hangout with the Q&A that followed it and also all the notes on everything that Mike said can be found at www.thebroadcastnetwork slash episode two. And on the broadcast website, you'll find many more hangouts, articles, podcast episodes and so on. And you can sign up to get email notifications of when our upcoming hangouts will be.